Welcome to Rookies and Rockstars. It's Simba. I'm back again. I keep sort of in and out of here because of my hectic schedule, but it's so good to be back. It's so good to be behind this mic with these headphones on my ear, and I'm back with my girl Jade. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. And you? Welcome back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we have we have an awesome show for you. So if you're a designer of any sort, this is the sort of show you need to listen to because we're speaking about the business of design. Whether you're an interior designer, whether you're a fashion designer, all things design today. And we have our first guest in the studio today, Lucilla Boyson from SA Fashion Week. Lucilla, how are you? Very well, thank you, Simba. Fantastic. Nice seeing you. Good to see you too. Is, is, is it weird being behind this mic? No, not for me, no. Fantastic. You know, last time I saw you was in Berlin. was in Berlin for Berlin Fashion Week. Exactly. How was that for you? Well, it was really fantastic. You know, we learned a lot. Um, it's great to see all the designs coming through and true design coming through. And I think that is what we're talking about today. Fantastic. I mean, I know you took a few local designers or up-and-coming designers to uh, to Berlin Fashion Week. I mean, is that sort of the drive you have to sort of expose them to the bigger world? Yes, we can't. We're not really in a position to show in any international on any international platform because we can't supply. So it's 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 in my opinion a, a, a huge waste of energy and money to ex- to try and find work or to try. To export to other countries, so we take our designers on a on a traveling seminar where they learn about you know they go backstage, they talk to the designers, they look at all the shows, they go to the trade fairs, so that they can just bring that knowledge back into South Africa. Fantastic. Why is there such a big issue of supply? What do you mean by supply? Well, uh, on the international platform, um, the stores. Um, order huge amounts of um, clothing, as you can understand. And the designers in South Africa can only supply small quantities. So um, until we've developed our manufacturing so that it can um, supply uh, the demand, we um, should really focus on what we're doing in South Africa and more so in Africa rather than Europe or Americas. So, So in talking supply... Then how, what is the designer's aspiration then? What are the, what are their goals? Are their goals not to export? Are their goals to mainly be supplying stores in South Africa or opening up their own concept stores? Because if supply is a challenge and if we can't supply overseas mm. and we've got excellent designers here, what does that mean for a, like the, the aspiring designers as well as the entrenched designers? Yeah, it's quite complicated. And, um, what needs to happen is, um, we need to, in my opinion, focus on building our brands in South Africa. Okay. There is more than enough money to be made in South Africa. And um, if we can supply the demand in South Africa, we the designers will automatically 
be able to then start supplying. It's like an automatic growth process. Mm -hmm. So you cannot go from not supplying one store to supplying Europe. It's a pie in the sky. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really is a pie in the sky, in the sky. And people laugh at us. We, we, you know, with, with that expectations, it's like you going to the Olympic Games with no spikes on and you think you're (laughs) going to win the, win the race. You know, it's that type of expectation. And, um, yeah, so, so we need to, there's more than enough money in South Africa, then more than enough boutiques that want to buy South Africa. And our departmental stores are starting to look into supplying designers. So the designers should focus here, but they need to go there to bring the knowledge back. Yeah, because I'm seeing the retail, like departmental stores doing that, because Joe Bouquet is now in Edgar's. Yeah. And um, so is South African Fashion Week. We've got the South African Fashion Week designer capsule collection in Edgar's in four of their flagship oh, stores. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is absolutely incredible. So Santon's obviously one of those, hey? Santon, Santon Rosebank, um, Menland Park, and Melrose Arch. Why no Durban? <laughs> well, Durban's next. We must speak to Edgar's. <laughs> yes. So that's awesome. So that's yeah. obviously in terms of any fashion designer's goal. I mean, that's amazing yeah. for them. How did you, do you select the range? Um, n- no, you know, it has to be done by the designer. The mm-hmm. design process has to be, come from the designer and, and they've got to learn. It's their lesson. It's not South African. Fa- we facilitate. So we can't, we don't select. No, I think it's a, I think it's a great concept, but I want to hear more about SA Fashion Week and where it started. I mean, I've heard some people from overseas say that, oh, you know, people in South Africa aren't as fashion savvy. They're not, not, they're not into dressing up. They're not look into the trends. We were always behind. What, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we started the Fashion Week 17 years ago. This is our 17th year. Wow. And we really had to start from scratch because in South Africa, the designers were single client businesses. So, um, although you had, Good designers, they copied what happened internationally because they will have a client that comes with a Vogue or comes with a Harper's and say to them, I want this dress. And our designers were absolutely excellent, but they never designed a collection. So oh, wow. they never designed a collection and then put that out and said to the client, okay, come, come and you choose and they did not do that. There were one or two designers like Errol Ahrens and Elspieta Rosenworth and a few others that mm. were doing that. Um, but in general, that did not happen. So we started the Fashion Week and we literally started with 17 designers. And um, next week at the collections, we're going to show over 43 designers. Wow. That is and they all supply stores or they all have their own stores. That's awesome. So, I mean, SA Fashion Week on its own is an amazing and entrenched brand in this country, which is so exciting. I mean, just to see the old school crowd who've kind of walked the path with you and then the new and upcoming designers. And I think what's really important in terms of the role, we want to understand the role that you're going to be playing um, at Business of Design because I'm so excited to see that there's been a group of people, you know, from Lawrence Brick to um, the McGowans to everybody involved in teaming up with keynote speakers and then driving the business side to the designers exactly. because that's the challenge with creative. So exactly. from from your side, in terms of you being one of the speakers, what I know that you are going to be talking around a theme, but what is your opinion of this whole conference and what it's going to do for the South African design industry? Well, you know, I think that it's important that one talks about the importance of design. 
I think that is um, number one. And number two, I think it is really important for um, whichever, whether it's art or whether it's fashion or whether it's uh, whatever it is for for a body a per a, a body to create income streams Definitely. or to, for these designers and that is what we do at the South African Fashion Week. So we've realised that we have the design in the country, and what we need to do now is to move forward and to actually get those retailers on board or mm. opportunities for the designers to sell. So what we do is we have a pop-up shop that we do in Brooklyn Mall. We're doing another one in Eastgate in April. And it is here where the designers then interact with their customers. We bring the customers to them. Mm. But in their environment, so they have a stand and they can do the research. So it's not like we are the, the mothers of the designers. We yes. are purely uh, guiding them and and that to me is a is is a very very big thing and what we also do is we we have the the capsule um, collection as I mentioned in Edgar's yes um, and we've got the fashion agent that sells the designers that are ready to the stores at fashion week we for instance have 84 boutiques coming to buy wow. we have a buyer's lounge we have got um, I think something like 48 designers that can sell. So they are already um, ready with their, with their line sheets. Ready. They know how to sell. And, you know, that is another thing. Do you as an artist know how to sell yourself? Wow. Because in South Africa, like in, in Italy, we have to be entrepreneurs and designers at the same time. Yeah, so, that's, that's, so is that what the kind of objective of the business of design is going to do to help the designers to tackle the business sides exactly you know business elements of what they're doing because what they're creating is beautiful but yeah. like you say they need to know yeah. about line sheets and how to market your brand and when to be at SA Fashion Week and how to start networking with yeah. you and your buyers you exactly know? you need to as an artist of any sort you need to know how to take your talent and turn that into money and create jobs Fantastic. You know, I actually, I applaud you for the success of SF Fashion Week and what you're doing for young designers out there because Thank you, I think 17 years ago, people didn't think that they could turn it into a business and no. they, or they never saw it as a career option and they went into something else. But just before we go further, we've got Trevin McGowan on the line. Trevin, welcome to Rookies and Rockstars. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. So, um, Jade, do you have anything to say? Yes. Hi, Trevin. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Hi. Hi. So just just to say thanks to Lawrence Brick for putting us in touch with you guys. I mean, it's always such a privilege to be chatting with expert, you know, industry leaders and, and having you guys on the line as well as um, Lucilla in the studio. But just I'm loving what you guys are creating. I think that this is what South African entrepreneurship and design is desperate for, to just have – mentors and people guiding you through your creative journey and bringing in the business elements so that they can start to generate revenue because it's all very well that you can create beautiful clothing and that you are a innovative, amazing designer, but it's making the money that also really is a, a reward for them in, in the long term as well. So with, uh, yeah, with business of design, let's, let's chat about it. Give us the lowdown. Absolutely. Well, you know, obviously, uh, oh, hi, Lucilla, by the way. Hi, um, it's, it's great to, um, you know, what, what we've been working for 
sort of over 80 years of experience in the design world at the partner Florence Brick, Kathy O'Cleary, Julian McGowan and myself. And we, we've seen over the, the, the recent decade the enormous growth in design, both in fashion, in, um, in, in graphic design, in products, in furniture. And it just, our experience was showing us that there was a real need to get together with the people who we believed were industry leaders and had a lot of, of, of guidance to give and a lot of experience to learn from to show how to really take your business to the next level. We were seeing the same kind of mistakes over and over again, that people sharing common problems and, 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 and obstacles. And how do we solve those problems so that as an industry, we are seen holistically as something that is world-class and, and globally competitive? So the idea was to to um, kind of get together and, and, and really cover a lot of different areas, including, you know, the legal aspects of things, the intellectual property, uh, the, the entrepreneurial business aspects, creative mm. inspiration, brand building, um, you know, the day-to-day ordinary things that often there is no time for or people don't want to do that get swept under the carpet that are the fundamental flaws to building your business. And that, that for us is what business of design is all about. I think I took a huge learning curve when I spoke to Pablo Fatidis, who's one of our, our, um, one of our main mentors on the program. And he said, you know, you are not your business. Your business is outside of yourself. And mm-hmm. I think as creatives, we see, uh, our business as an extension of our, our vision and our dream. And we, we, we sort of think ourselves into it, but actually it is a separate entity and you need to pull your yourself out, distance yourself and create um, a, an asset value that can either be sold or be handed on to your children or, uh, you know, will, will build, build itself as a, as, as a representation of something and is not just you. So if you're working in your business and you're on a hamster wheel, you're not going to be able to, to build it. And that's what business of design is. It's the first taste of, well, of stepping outside and really seeing how to strategically grow. Yeah, and, and for us, I mean, hearing what Lucilla is saying about the guidance and mentor side, I had a sneak listen to one of your previous interviews and something that I really liked you referring to, and this is what we do with, you know, with this platform that we've been given is our whole aim is to drive awareness and solutions for South African entrepreneurship. And in, in talking about guidance and mentorship, I like that you referenced that Jamie Oliver is actually being mentored by Richard Branson. And I think wow. it's Anita Roddick from the body shop. So I oh, mean, no, 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 that's right. so let me just, what, what I was talking about there was I had met, um, when we worked with Jamie Oliver, I had met John Jackson, who is his financial oh. and, and kind of business entrepreneurial leader who before he had, um, you know, built the, the Jamie Oliver brand, had spent 10 years building Richard Branson's brand. And before oh, that, right. uh, you know, years with Anita Roddick. And my point in that was just here are these very visible figureheads and, and t- uh, undoubtedly talented creative people. Mm. But there always has to be a business uh, infrastructure and also a collaborator. You need to go out to others to assist you building your business. You cannot wear every single hat and expect to be as successful in all elements as you are. You are initially a creative. Um, you, you know, you have to be an entrepreneur as well, but you have to know when to ask for help, and you have to know where to look for help. Hey, Trevin, this is Simba here. This is a question for both you and uh, Lucilla here. Did you find that you met designers, yes. whether in fashion or anything else, that they're kind of stuck in their ways, and they think they know what they're doing, and they're kind of headstrong about it, and they, and they, 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 they don't make a success of it? 
Um, certainly on a design level, um, we've had that in the past. Um, I, I do believe that, um, once a designer understands that, um, they can make money or once they understand how to make that money, um, the ego goes a bit to, to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the ego plays a huge, huge role, and um, it's very difficult to get through to somebody, um, or to teach them, or to mentor them. But the moment they are, that they see that they can make money, the moment that first money's come in, mm-hmm. everything changes in Trevin? fashion. Trevin, do you concur? I, yeah, I think you know. I think that often we are very isolated. And what, 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 we learned this uh, on, a, on a program we run called Design Network Africa, which is a transcontinental program, that when you b- bring people together who have, as I said, these common issues, it is actually the sharing and the recognition of one another um, that, that, uh, that, build, that goes a long way to building confidence. So when you get into a, group of, of, uh, uh, into a room with a group of people who are facing the same obstacles as you, you share, you mentor each other, you network, you make connections, and you grow, and I think I think you need to get rid of your ego if you're going to be truly successful. And I believe absolutely in collaboration, and it's only through strength of numbers and through shared purpose, and not thinking, "Oh, well, I'm in competition with that person; I shouldn't tell them anything." Because actually, you get far stronger, which is what I love about working in business with designers. That you know, sharing this this project with Lawrence and Kathy has been has been wonderful. It means that it can be so much stronger than I could do on my own. Fantastic. Drevin, um, earlier Lucilla was saying that uh, 17 years ago, some people would walk into a designer's shop and say, cool, this is what I saw on the cover of Vogue. Can you make this for me? And uh, then the other week I saw David Clale on, uh, uh, what's it? I saw him on TV and he was talking about how we're told not to use our African prints. And we're told that internationals don't want to see those sort of things. Yeah. Do you think it's time we start celebrating who we are and mm. start showcasing that to the world? Mm. No, I don't agree with that statement. I think that the rest of the world is very, very open to Africa, but it needs to be sophisticated. Mm-hmm. It needs to be s- desirable for them. Is it a it, perception it's, thing? It's so you can take the African fabric, but if an African fabric sits on a hard cotton, nobody's going to wear it. You won't even wear it. No. Mm. So it needs to be relooked. It needs to be reworked. It needs to be turned into luxury fabric that sits beautifully on the skin and that people would love to have near them. So, and, and that is really, that is really where we need to be in fashion. We need to understand the subtleties of Europe and we need to understand how to Go into Europe with those subtleties because you can't convince Europe to buy Africa. They still want to do Europe with an African touch. Mm -hmm. And that is really what the designers in South Africa has to understand. Yeah, what we're finding, because we've been working since 2003, so kind of over 11 years now with the um, the, 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 the promotion and the export of South African design, both at a retail level and at a collectible limited edition gallery level. And we have just found this interest in Africa mounting and building. And, uh, you know, there's more fascination than there's ever been. There's, we're, we're helping to raise this huge exhibition that Vitra Design Museum, one of the top design museums in the world, is doing on, on Africa. I think um, the time is now, has never been better for African designers to, 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 to reach out to the rest of the world. But exactly as Lucilla said, it has to be authentic. It has to be real. It can't be a token um, expression. It has to be truly about who we are and what sets us apart from the rest of the world. Mm. And that 
internal heartbeat is what catches the attention. I yeah. mean, we're, we're exhibiting five times around the world this year, and and each time the the the, the response is just people are starting to understand that they're not going to just see what they expect. Mm. There's something truly kind of groundbreaking in the work that's coming out. Yeah, I agree with Trevin. Fantastic. We actually got a question for you, Trevor. It says, do you have sponsors and or partners that are part of this conference? And what are they bringing or adding to the conference? This is That's Anita from China. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Sage Pastel are our primary partners. Oh, and, we and love Steve Cohen. Con- <laughs> yes, yeah, so he's speaking and on the... On the on the on them day, day I know two, I, I saw in your program. The, program. Yay! Yeah. So it's, uh, that's the twenty second and the twenty third of Johannesburg, and that's at the Sage Conferencing Centre in in Woodmead. So we're really privileged. We can't do the work we do without support from partners because it gives you further reach. We've we've got a lot of um, you know industry associates as well, like the CCDI and uh, the Fashion Council and Ketan Parkmark and uh, Partnership SA Fashion Week. And it's through those um, bodies and those those collaborations that we're able to have a far wider reach and people can understand the, the potential of the work we're doing. So it's vital. As I say, I, I really do believe in, in, in people coming together with a shared vision. Fantastic. Lucilla, is the same for you? I mean, you couldn't do it without the sponsors or the no, support? No, not at all, because the designers do not have the financial ability to pay for the shows. The shows, and that is really where your, where your marketing lies, your, your PR, and that is where the rest of the world, um, or literally the rest of the world can see what our South African designers are doing. And you must make no mistake, they are watching South Africa all the time. They are not like us. They are not, they do not have tunnel vision. They actually do research. You know, wherever I travel in the world, when I go and see the other fashion weeks or the other fashion people, they all know about what is happening in South Africa. Wow. So mm-hmm. without our sponsors, and of course, we have got Motions, Tresemane, we've got Edgars, and then we've got Jamison. That has been our sponsors for Jamison is going on for the fourth year. Wow. So, and it's incredible because we have the same vision. You know, the team of sponsors that we have had over the past few years are really people that understand that we're developing design in South Africa and they are running with us. So for Fashion Week, we work all year around we're very close to our designers so we are communicating with every single fashion designer in south africa so they don't all use south african fashion week as a platform but it does not mean that we as south african um, fashion week uh, is not standing for them and and creating this ripple effect that they need in order to create the awareness because over and above the money you also need to create the the awareness of the South African consumer to buy South African other, or to buy South African designers. And the same with Trevin. She markets locally, but she also markets more than fashion. Art can be marketed more than fashion internationally. Yeah, and, and speaking um, of, of where, you know, Trevin's, uh, the, her and her husband, Trevin, just in terms of source, we also just want to commend you mm-hmm. in terms of what you're producing. Yeah. I mean, I had a look. Uh, I told my husband, for, for, never mind fashion, I need these pieces of furniture in my no, life. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and so well done because it's it takes, I think the challenge with entrepreneurship is that the time it takes and that that's a really hard thing to drive into 
an ent, you know, an entrepreneur entering the market or an established entrepreneur, it's tough. I mean, I'm only in year six of a, bo- of a below the line agency that we run and we're now at a new ceiling. So six years in, mm. we're still a premature business, but now there's a whole lot of new hurdles. Yeah. And I think from the business of design point of view, it's so encouraging. And we just want to say to you that we, if you are involved in design, if you're a graphic designer, if you're designing fashion, um, if you, whatever parts of South African design you're involved in, you need to try and be at, you know, conferences like this where you have industry leaders like Lucilla speaking, Steve Cohen from Sage. And with that, Trevin, we, we're going to have to, um, say goodbye to you now, but just in terms of, um, finding out, because uh, I know Cape Town sold out, which is amazing. Mm. Um, how and that's fantastic. Yeah. How yeah. amazing to see that people have, there's not even been a question. They've just totally supported mm. it. Um, but I know that they can email, is it Tracy at businessofdesign.coza? That's correct, and it's just Tracy with no E, T-R-A-C-Y. T-R-A-C-Y at businessofdesign.coza. Correct. Awesome. So you can, if you're wanting to get involved, I think, I'm not sure if there's still 50 tickets available in Johannesburg. The last time you chatted, there were... There are 30 tickets left in Johannesburg, so I would, you know, we, we, we're, we're at the stage where we're about to sell out, so I would, I would recommend that everybody move quickly, yeah. That's wonderful. Awesome. Trevin, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to take our call. Congratulations on, on this whole concept. We wish you all the best of luck. And a thank you to Tracy and to Lawrence for organizing everything for us and for putting us in touch with the lovely Lucilla. We will chat to you soon. Great. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Trevin. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, Lucilla, there's a question, another question over here. We got. It says, are there plans to take this fashion week into Africa? That's from Natasha. Um, all the countries in Africa should have their own fashion week. Mm-hmm. They should all develop fashion in their own countries because that is where fair fashion starts. Mm-hmm. We can certainly get South um, African designers to sell in South Africa and we can get South African designers to sell in Africa. And that is what I mean by focusing on Africa. But to take the South African Fashion Week to Nigeria, I mean, it just doesn't work, you know. Each country and each country in Africa has got such a rich culture and and they can all do it, you know. And, And of course, the South African fashion, we can assist them to do it because we've walked the way. But we can never pretend that we can take South Africa to Africa. In your opinion, who's made the biggest success of, of, of their fashion in South Africa? Do you mean designer? Yeah, designer. I think there are quite a few designers. And, you know, we measure success on um, income. Okay. On the business, on yes. how much money, uh, uh, how many sales happens in a in a in 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 from the buyers lounge, or how many sales a designer, or how success financially successful a designer is, not how popular the designer is with the crowd. Um, it's all about job creation. It's all about being a leader in design and turning that into money. So it's sales sales driven. Fantastic. We're going to have to take a bit of a break now. We have the half an hour mark, but we're going to be back. Jade, what do you want to say? Yeah, Lucilla, I think, you know, from, from our side, it's, it's a massive thank you. I know your time is as precious as gold. And it's, it's so encouraging to see that finally 
there's a, there's help and there's yeah. solutions for the designers no, because absolutely. I think it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. Entrepreneurship is flipping hard. No, you know it and is. I'm, it is, and you know we we at Fashion Week work really really hard and very close to the designers. And as I said, all year round. So um, it's not like. It's not like um, it's just an event. You know, it's not like I pick up the phone and a, um, a month before and say, we're doing a show, come and show your clothes. It really is about helping those designers, creating Instagram. To give you an idea, at the uh, the monies um, that was generated in at the pop-up shop in, in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. over 24 shopping hours was over 630,000 rand. Wow. That's so awesome. The designers brought in. Now, that is what makes me go on. Fantastic. Not, not if somebody thinks he's some sort of god as a <laughs> as a designer and think oh, I have got to get the best treatment and stay in a five star hotel. Those designers are absolutely duck and dive. I like the designers that want to make business, want to create jobs in South Africa, and want to run as a group. Mm. Forward together, and it's and it's awesome that you touch on the group aspect because I think that that's the wave that's hitting South strength. Africa now mm. is collaborative strength. It's you in know, the group. yeah, collaborative work, yeah. collaborative workspaces. Yeah. It's just it's so awesome to yeah. see that finally people are realizing it's safety in numbers. Yeah, it's incredible. You know? It's incredible what is happening with the designers as well because they are starting to work together. Nice. I mean, when I started doing Fashion Week, the designers did not speak to each other. I had to facilitate the conversations between. Wow. Designers. Now, it was just a, a, it was just a thing those years, you know, because I think the competition was so so, and you know, we, everybody fought about having a celebrity to dress or a, a person to dress, but it's completely changed. The new designers are out there. We've just done the menswear competition, the judging of the menswear competition. There were two designers from Durban, there were four designers from Cape Town, and then the rest were were from South Africa, from Johannesburg, and they all talk together and they all talk about business and and their language has changed. That's and awesome. that I think is the first thing. You, the moment your language changes into business, you've already gone a few steps. You're already a few steps ahead. Fantastic. So I'm learning so much from you. I think this is absolutely brilliant. What should we I have give classes on a Sunday, Simba. Oh, Simba, you, you can join me. I'll bring my I'll bring a beautiful my boy like you can always join the class. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, please don't. Don't. Don't add to that. Please. He's, he's already told us who he's interviewing next week. We, we actually can't cope. Are we allowed to say? Are we allowed to say? I'll tell you later. Okay. We'll tell you, we'll tell you when he comes back. Okay. We're going to keep it a Good. secret until he comes back. But just a, a massive thank you. I mean, it's a pleasure. thank you for thank what you. you're doing for the industry. Thank you for the passion. And and thank you for their success being your motivation, which yeah, is so beautiful. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. where um, in in terms of of Lucilla and SA Fashion Week, how does a new and upcoming fashion designer get in touch with your team to like? get involved, to possibly have their range shown? How does it work? We've got a few um, ways that you can get involved or that you can enter the market because it's not easy. No. So we've got the student competition. We are um, talking to 28 colleges. Wow. Um, so we do the run. We run a, a competition, and this uh, last season it was the Great White Shirt. We had fantastic entries. So 
If you enter that, we already start watching you. We do the pop-up shop. So if your shop, if your little label is already selling to your, to your friends, you come to the pop-up shop and you sell there. Then we've got the buyer's lounge. So you can come at a very low rate. I think it's just over 3,000 Rand. You can come into the buyer's lounge and you can do research. The first season, you only do research. You find out what people think of your fabric. What do they think of your cut? You know, what do you, what do they think of your price points? And then we've also got all the competitions. We've got mm-hmm. the new, the new talent competition. Um, and this season will be the last season that Renault is sponsoring it. So we'll be looking for a new sponsor there as well. Okay. They've been with us now for three years, an absolutely incredible return on investment. And then we've got the menswear competition, which is a new one because now on one day we're starting to develop men's, menswear. So Wonderful. we have one menswear day. That is super fantastic. I will so be there. where is that? Exactly. At Fashion Week. Okay. So Saturday the eighteenth is is a menswear day and we're showing all the menswear really serious. So we're not mixing the menswear with the ladies wear anymore. Okay. And they then go into the buyers lounge as well. So we've got quite a few entry levels. Of course if you have a store or if you already supply stores, you can automatically take a show. We don't choose. And how do they get in touch? What is the email? What it is, is the website? What's well, the contact point? The website is www.safashionweek.co.za okay. and on there are all the contact details. Wonderful. Yeah. Actually, one of our upcoming guests is going to be Sergeant Pepper. Oh, so yes. Yeah. Must, they're a beautiful yeah. brand to no, watch and also absolutely. Jane, Jane Sows. Yeah. Very amazing and very ex- But it's these new people yeah. that are so great because they come in with an understanding and then you have to shape very little. You, you have to work, you know, and they have no ego. No, exactly. There they go. They just want to design beautiful clothes for beautiful people and they want to make the money. Yay, that's wonderful. So thank you for joining us. And that's, you can get all the info if you are in design, wanting to showcase your beautiful designs in in the fashion world and get in touch with Lucilla's team. It's fashionweek.co.za, safashionweek.co.za. Get online. All the information is there. And we wish you all the best at Business of Design and we will be watching you. Fantastic. Well, there you heard it. We'll be back after this. Mississippi putting it down, I'm the hottest round. I told y'all mother, y'all can stop me now. Listen to me now, I'm lasting 20 rounds. And if you want me, then come and get me now. Is you with me now? Let's take your big pounds. I know you put the way I'm Sweet away. 
me have a number Lovely, and we're back. It's so good to be back. Um, we've got Simon from Love SA Music on the show. Simon, welcome to Rookies and Rockstars. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, and it looks beautiful, and it's great to see you guys. Very excited. Fantastic. I mean, I'm just, Jay just passed me this piece of paper showing, showcasing what you guys do on your website. And I just want to find out, I mean, your, your love for SA Music. Do you think it's a case of you just want to help support the guys, or do you think we're generally on, on, on the international level right now? So Love SA Music was, um, I started it three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just genuinely to, I thought to myself, what can I do to support the local industry? I saw the massive growth um, and I've been fortunate to be able to watch the industry over years and years and years. I've hung around it. I've, both of my brothers are in a small band you probably wouldn't have heard of called the Parlotones. So I hung around <laughs> with them uh, for cool the years. Cool to have siblings in the Parlotones. Um, and just saw how the industry was growing. And then I, I got involved with the South African Music Awards and I judged there for about, I think I judged for seven years. What? Um, oh. And I make sure I go every year because that's my favorite event of the year. What's it like judging that? You know what I mean? Because everyone has their own opinion of what's yeah. the best song, what's the best album. Yeah, I was surprised at um, how, how intense it is. So... Um, there's so many categories and then they get X amount of judges per category and then you all get to give your input and then, so I did, I did various different categories over the years and you get to, get to be a part of, part of, of, of those artists' chances. And then, um, big categories, they call them the super categories, so best male, best female. So it's, it's such an exciting event and, uh, I make sure that I'm there every year at Sunset. It's the, so, so what ended up is then I started just a Facebook page, Supporting Love is, uh, South African Music. And, uh, luckily it just, it caught on, um, especially with the media initially. Um, and, and it grew from there. So it became a full on website where I'll do whatever I can to support any local artists. So whether it's new up and coming guys or whether it's existing artists, we, I think I've interviewed everyone out there. We do giveaways and I'll, I'll promote your show. I'll promote your music and so on and so forth. And then, uh, last year we started uh, promoting our own shows. So putting on our own shows, we would handpick our, our, um, our artists would handpick our venues uh, and would and would put the effort into creating our own show. So Love SA Music is now also a promoter in the music industry. That's awesome. And I think um, just to so just to backtrack because I think what is really cool in terms of where you might be with your business, and we've often chatted about this in terms of constantly being aware of the trends around you. So for you, Simon, in terms of you obviously had a very strong link to musicians, as you know, you've grown up with yeah. brothers who are in a band that is quite successful in this country and you yourself are also can play a instrument, right? I can play one or two on the <laughs> side. <laughs> so for me, what's important there just to unpack the Love SA Music journey as a brand is when you had to tran- when you realized there was traction and you had to transition from that Facebook page onto building this website and this interactive brand and this solution platform. Yes. How was that for you and how did you tackle that? 
Yeah, so so quite early on I saw that it could go from kind of doing it for fun as a hobby and starting to look at how we can monetize this brand. So, uh, you know, other brands were very quick to want to jump on and I found that I was promoting everybody else's events and shows and, and albums and so on. And not yours. Exactly, and that's when we realized, well, uh, in addition to doing what we're doing for the rest of the music industry, we can have a part to play uh, in the business side of the industry. And so uh, what I did initially is I started showcasing who I thought were some of the best up-and-coming uh, local artists, mm-hmm. um, free shows, and uh, and would just showcase them one at a time. And a lot of the, the guys, I think I think uh, Gareth had Matthew Mole on the other day. He was one of our first ones that we showcased wow. before he was signed. And um, so we started doing that, engaging the interest in, in which artists uh, were the most popular. And then um, one year ago, we started with the actual um, shows, and that is um, how Love SA Music makes any profit. So we make no profit on our website. We haven't gone the route of monetizing the website, but we, um, f- from a business point of view, we make our money on the, on the live shows. Now, I just want to get your opinion on how, how South Africans view South African music. Is the case of now we're more, we're more accepting of it, whereas before we were more like, oh, I'd rather listen to something international? We're much more accepting of it. Um, and I think the industry has grown to the level where now um, artists can make their own living out of it. So mm-hmm. the, the, the public and the fans have accepted South African music as legitimately as they accept any other music. I think um, uh, outside over the past 10 years, we've seen massive growth in that. Okay. Now, when I, when I look at uh, the way the world is working with music, everyone's making money off downloads and things like that. But South Africa, we're not, we haven't caught up when it comes to using internet and stuff, like and d- downloading stuff. I mean, I still buy CDs. Do you think that's a bit of an issue still? You do? I do. <laughs> I'm a bit of a purist, to be honest. Yes. Purist. There's, there's something about holding that, that cover in your yeah. hand and reading the credits. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, it's probably, it's probably a similar thing. I was actually at a, a talk on Friday that Gareth Cliff was giving about how South Africans are are slower to latch onto the the whole internet thing, even with this with this um, station. So, I, th- I think it's a similar type of thing. Um, but then again, we've seen some of the big music chains. Uh, you know, one of the big ones has liquidized one of uh, the the whole business. Which you know? ones? Uh, look and listen. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh hectic. Yeah. And um, so those those stores are coming to an end. Um, so I think slowly but surely those those old fa- and and I think those stores actually make more of their profit out of not selling music, out of selling gaming and and some of the hardware. So mm. um, I, I think it will kind of be a case of from a South African point of view, South Africans will be forced to catch up um, because it's changing so fast. Fantastic. Now I'm just looking at some of the stuff you have on your website. Yeah, it's quite a widespread of stuff. I mean, how do you how do you, what is what is your main focus? The main focus is any South African music. So I don't think I have ever turned on anyone who's come to me and said, uh, can you give us a go on your website? Because we are uh, so, so literally, um, there's a bit of, I mean, there's a bit of a focus that falls naturally on kind of the rock and pop genres. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have literally gone across the whole spectrum of local music and, um, so, so yeah, literally, um, I, I like supporting the, the new up and coming artists. So, um, if that is you and, and you're looking for that type of exposure, I'll be more than happy to do it. So for someone trying to get a record deal right now, what, what advice do you have for them? Because I mean, they, they're sitting there in their bedroom with their guitar and their microphone, whatever it is, and they're mm. trying to get a record deal. What do they do? My advice to them would be to think twice about whether they need to get a record deal. And okay. I think that that is one of the biggest misconceptions. A lot more indie, indie stuff now, eh? Yes, yes. So uh, you can do a lot on your own as an artist, um, that, and you don't need a record 
a record deal, the old-fashioned record deal. Um, you can do so much more on your own these days. And so think about it. Think about whether you want to tie yourself into a record deal, um, which can be quite restricting, or think about whether you'd like to do it on your own. And you'd, I, th- I think artists would be surprised to find out how much they can do on their own. So, I mean, even myself, I was quite fascinated. I was on the plane the other day, mm-hmm. and an old friend, I mean, an old, f- well, not, uh, we went to school together at Greenside. I mean, half of Greenside mm. are, I mean, short yes. straw. Yes. That's Alistair and the whole yes. crew are, are Greensiders. All the old friends. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, that's what you call them. Yes. Um, but it's awesome to see. I mean, amazing that they're, they're doing so well. But one of the other guys, Blake, he, he was, he's actually a, an attorney. So yeah. he's just been introduced into advocacy, whatever. But he was like, I'm totally down with creating jingles. I mean, Simba's created ours. I'm surprised you knew the word indie because ours is very, <laughs> ours is so un-indie. Okay. We, we're going to get you onto that side. <laughs> now we love it though. Yes. But just in terms of how many people are actually so creative and Blake's got a, I mean, what's it? I don't, I don't know much about it. That's what I'm going to ask you. He's got like a name called Average where he can, you can find him based on him being this dude and there's a personality you create in a different segment of music. Mm. I know it's not as commercialized as maybe Matthew Mole or one of those guys, but yeah. I mean, just his talent and what he's willing to, what he can create in terms of jingles and all those kinds of things. I was amazed. And that's where, when I realized Love Essay Music exists, I was like, there must be so much more to music, you know, beyond becoming an artist and the different not genres, but uh, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like the different categories available yeah, yes. for people, for the actual artists themselves in whatever they're doing to, to generate revenue. And I'm glad that a platform like you exists because people can get in touch and start to grow their brand. That's exactly it. Um, uh, with social media. You know, it's become so much more, um, it's become so much easier to be able to promote yourself. Mm. Um, so in the old days, you need a record label who would do your PR for you and they would do your actual recording for you and they would do your management for you and your bookings. Um, you know, you can do a lot of that stuff yourself or you can find uh, individuals to do certain components of it. So, so I think uh, one area of the music industry that is still important is the booking aspect of it because live music is where you're going to make your money as an artist. Record uh, sales is not where it's going to be for you anymore. Now, just just a question from me. I, I know how it is as being an entertainer. I want someone wants to book me for something, but they always want a better deal. Do you think yeah. that's a bit of an issue? Shouldn't people just pay the full price? Because at the end of the day, this is our job. This is what we do. Yes. And the moment you're asking me to 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 take less money, you're taking food off the table, right? I agree, and I think that's a common problem in the general creative industry, um, from photography through to uh, you know you know the number of photographers who are asked to just shoot for free because it's a it's a favor, or the the number of bands that are asked to perform for the exposure. So. You know, with with our live shows, I've gone the route of coming up with a deal that I'm happy with and the artist is happy with, and we both make money. So, but but there is that so, sort of shady side of the industry. Now, I'm so glad you you mentioned exposure because I've heard a lot of local artists complaining at the fact that someone like big concerts will say, "Yes, we've got uh, Justin Bieber coming out, uh, Michael uh, Matthew Mole, can you come and open for him?" Yeah. But we're not going to pay you because it's great exposure. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, that is a tricky one because uh, I, I think sometimes the artist will have to work out for himself whether that exposure might be worth it. Yeah. Um, compared to, and, and some artists are completely pure about it and they'll be like that they will not um, perform for free. Yeah. 
Um, so I, th- I think there can be a balance. I think I think opening for a, a certain international artist can do a hell of a lot for you as a local I'll artist. I'll open for Justin Bieber, uh, just saying, <laughs> for okay, free. Okay, well, we'll audition you after the show. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so I think there can be, you know, but I think the artists need to seriously, without being exploited, think about whether, you know, whether that will help their career or whether it won't. Fantastic. So for someone who is indie, how do they work the business side of music by themselves? Uh, they need to be smart. They need to um, realize that the industry, that as an indie artist, you've got your creative side and you're a performer and you're an artist, but you need to have your business mind as well. And if you don't have have a business mind to you, uh, you need to find someone who can who can walk that road with you. Um, and you need and you need to understand that. Um, or if you don't want to be in it for the business and you just want to be in it because you you love it, that's fine. But um, you you need to um, be smart. Uh, you need to get the right people around you, um, and you need to you need to have a plan. You need to have a strategy about how you're going to run your career as a business. And and I think touching on that, so I think what's really important is that in Durban was a recent concert, and one of the musicians was double booked. Now wow. f- now for me, a leading musician, hey. So for me, when you're paying somebody thirty five to fifty k for a two hour set, if you're lucky, mm. maybe three hours, mm. that's not acceptable. Who's, who's this? I'm not telling you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh yeah. no. But yeah. I'm just saying. And, and so for me, I think that how you know, obvious, obviously, we we we're kind of touching on people. And, and, and in their businesses and where they are in the market and how they can be branding themselves and a unique selling point. I know that word is terribly lame and mm. jargonified, but your unique selling point needs to be, you know, as a differentiator that you will not do that Absolutely, because yeah. that I, I can't cope with that. I mean, yeah. what is your view on that? Yeah, I, I know of booking agents who intentionally do that. So not double booking them at the same time, but booking them multiple times on the same night. Mm. Sure. And you know that can damage an artist's reputation because it lessens the experience that a fan has at a show. Because but why do they do that intentionally? Because Money. they want to make that fee three times over in one night. Yeah. Oh, flip. Cause, cause, so, so I think like if, if if you look at DJs, they'll be at one club yes. from from twelve to one, next club from one to two, literally just driving across from club to club to make as much yeah. money as they can. And as an artist, you need to think about how that um, presents itself to a fan. If you're mm. a fan at a show, you want to you want to be able to get your photo opportunity with the artist. You you want to spend some time afterwards with that artist. If he's been whisked straight out once his 45 minute set is over, and you do not even get to you know see him after the show, it's gonna it's gonna say something about the artist. Mm. No, it's very. Dry. I, I was at an event and these this this group performed on stage and. You can sort of see that they were not giving it their all. And it was sort of mm-hmm. like, okay, but then why are you here? And I asked the guy, so, so what's the deal? They said, no, we're actually going somewhere else right after this, mm-hmm. which is even bigger. So they're saving their energy. And it's like, well, wow. why did you double book them? Why, why can't you give us your all? Yeah. And I, th- and I think fans and, um, you know, especially the younger generation, they see through that. You know, they see, they see through that kind of pretense. And, um, you know, and, the, and they won't pay attention to you. They'll see straight through it and they'll move on to whoever is next. And so they want to know that you're genuine, that you're sincere. So even with your social media, they'll see straight through if it's not you managing your own social media. They, you know, the, the, the generation that we oh, that we're dealing with. Are, yeah, they, they're savvy and they're smart and they want genuineness. Well, we actually, it's, it's quite funny that you mentioned that because we had Mike Stopforth from Cerebra in here mm. um, two weeks ago, just or last week actually, just chatting through around this exact thing. <laughs> I'll quote what he said. He said that, and it's his line, so don't judge me, mm-hmm. um, but he said it's not our job to get corporates or musicians or whoever to understand the value of social media. It's to get them not to be assholes. 
Now, oh, wow. it's a pretty bold statement, yes. I know, and I yeah. would never use that word, but that's Mike, and I agree. And this is the whole thing. Like, I don't think it's fair that you follow – I mean, I, I understand that there's certain things that need to be pre-scheduled and whatever, but – that comes with the territory, but if you're going to be yep. billing anybody or charging anybody 350 to a grand to come and see you, the least you can do is have an organic tweet. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. And people see through that. Yeah, they do. So yeah. I think it's wonderful that from the get-go, Love SA Music is authentic. It's, it's heart and DNA as a brand is for the musicians. You come from music. You're not just some oak rocking yeah. up thinking, hey, here's a way to make money Quick from back. his own. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and just, I mean, just from your site, we've picked up on a few things, but I mean, we, we had Levi in last week. Hey, yes, Simba, we and had, there's some news there. We had Levi in, my girl, Levi Chetty. I hope you're listening to the show right now. I'm so proud of you. DJ Guru is releasing his album today. Congratulations to you. So, so if you to go out there and support local SA Music Garden, get DJ Guru's album. Yeah, and you can also, uh, Levi is available on, on Twitter as well. She kind of serves a similar role to you. And I think this is exactly what Lucilla was just saying. It doesn't matter that you and her might have a crossover in terms of service offering right. because you've got your artists. She's got, I mean, she's, I think, hey, uh, some, she's purely hip hop. As far as I understood from the last interview, mainly, yeah, mainly yeah. hip hop artists, okay. which is very different to what you might do. But just in terms of connecting, because that's what entrepreneurship needs to be, connecting mm. the right people, right business. Her artists might come and play at a love, at the next Love SA music event. Right, yeah. You know, so you can also follow Levi at, at Levi Chetty mm. on, on Twitter and she's super proactive on there. You can follow her and find out what she's up to. And then also I noticed on your site, mm. quite a small little world, this Joe Berg, Josie. Yes, yes. Justin Sorrell's album is launching. Yes. And Very exciting. Yeah. And I mean, he He's a one, he's an ex-pop idol. He was in here last, th- two weeks back. And, um, his brother, Jason, is putting on a show, I think the event for the third year in a row, which is now called Mo Rock. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So we will definitely have you on that guest VIP list, darling. Lovely. Thank um, you. So, I mean, that, that's awesome to see that you, yes. that's how current your site is. So my point is there's Love SA Music, very on trend. And with that, Justin's brother's launching Mo Rock, which is happening on the 15th of November. Very exciting. Yeah. I love that. So yeah. please, we'd, we'd, we'll, again, we'll put you in touch with them, get involved because we just want to be, you know, seeing SA music, musicians flourishing and earning That's a living. It. Yes. Fantastic. Simon, any last words? Uh, my last words are, are to, to music fans, go out there and support local music mm-hmm. uh, and don't support it blindly. I think sometimes that's what we're accused of, but support it and love SA Music. And how can people get a hold of you, sir? LoveSAMusic.co.za and we're on Facebook and Twitter. Both handles are at LoveSAMusic. Awesome. So just also to say to the girls at call and at the office there, Caitlin, Taryn and M, we just want to say hi and Simon says hi and we will see you guys soon. Fantastic, guys. Thank you so much. Go out there and support local designers, fashion designers, whether it's art. Go out there and support local essay music. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Wednesday.